What You've seen one similar to the one I have. And sometimes people look at that and they can't quite figure out what language that is. Well, it's actually English, but it looks like a foreign language whenever you look at it at first. And how many of you, without telling what this really says, how many of you uh, look at that and you know exactly what it says? Anybody? Raise your hand. So yeah, a bunch of you know what that says. Others of you going, okay, somebody needs to tell me what that says. Well, this is church, so the answer, the correct answer is always Jesus. That's just always the correct answer to any question you get asked at church. It's Jesus. Jesus. That's what it says. It's actually the, the name Jesus. And here's, here's a little way to make it easier to read. If you look at the whole thing and don't just focus on the darker parts, you'll see the word Jesus. It may take you a little while, but if you look at the whole picture and not just focus on the darker parts, you'll see the name Jesus. And you know, one of the problems we have at Christmas time is it can be easy for us to focus on all the parts of Christmas. We focus on having time off and we focus on the festivities of Christmas and we focus on all the shopping and the traffic and we focus on having to get our itinerary put together so we can travel and get to our family for Christmas. And if we're not careful, when Christmas is all over and a new year has begun, we will have missed seeing Jesus. We will have missed the fact that Jesus is the reason for the Christmas season. And this year, my prayer is that you will see Jesus in this Christmas season. And that you will know Him personally in your life. And what I want to do today is I want to focus in on that name, Jesus. Because that name was not just a name pulled out of the air. It was actually the name given to Him by His Heavenly Father. In the Gospel of Matthew... Chapter 1, we read the Christmas story, and I'm going to begin with verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You see, when he found out she was pregnant, he didn't understand that this was a miracle, that this was what God had done. So he thinks that she's been unfaithful, and he is ready to break off their engagement. But look at verse 20. It says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son... And you shall call his name, what's the name? Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name. Say it, boys and girls. Jesus. Jesus. I love that. It's a different kind of Christmas story than maybe what you were expecting. You know, you, you think that parents, Joseph and, and Mary, are going to get to name their baby. And yet, here on this occasion, God the Father says, no, you don't get to pick the name. You can you can. You, you can delete from your Amazon account that book, 1,001 Baby Names. You're not going to need that. 
And I don't want you worrying about what the initials look like on the monogrammed towels. I want you to call your son Jesus. Why in the world would God the Father say that to Mary and to Joseph? Well, for a couple of reasons I can think of right off the top of my head. One is because Jesus was born of a virgin. Joseph eventually adopts Jesus as his own. But Jesus was not Joseph's biological child. Joseph loved him as if he were his own flesh and blood. And yet Joseph lived the rest of his life knowing that this child was a miracle of God. And this child was a gift from God. And this child was named by God himself. And then a second reason why the Father in heaven says to them, you will name him Jesus. It is because of what the name means. You know, names have meanings. Many do. I mean, for example, it won't surprise you to know my name, Richard, means powerful ruler. I mean, you know, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. You say, I knew that. And names, mean, mean, uh, names have meanings at times, and, and names also carry with them reputations. For example, if we started calling out some names tonight, you would immediately think of the reputation of that person. We could think of Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. We could think of Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin. And we immediately think about their reputation. And God the Father says you will name him Jesus because his reputation is going to precede him. He will save his people from their sins. You see, the name Jesus is really the Greek form of a Hebrew name, Joshua. Or as it's pronounced in Hebrew, Yeshua. And Yeshua, Yeshua, Jesus, is going to be his name. Because that name literally means salvation is of God. Joshua or Yeshua, Jesus, literally means salvation is of God. The Lord saves and the reason God the Father said you'll name him Jesus is because God knew we needed to be saved. We needed to be saved from our sin. Now, I know it's Christmas Eve and we don't want to be thinking about sin tonight, but we're all sinners. Every single one of us have not lived up to our own standards of right or wrong. There have been times that we say, I will never do this. And we name something we say we would never do, only to look back in 2019 and we did that very thing we said we would never do. Or we've said things we wish we could take back. Or we've committed acts that we wish we could go back and do over again because we are filled with regret of how we treated that person. And listen, if we don't even live up to our own standards of right or wrong, let's just be honest, none of us have lived up to God's standard of right or wrong. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have done things that are wrong. And yet it is actually most harmful in our relationship with a perfect and righteous and holy God because our sin is our way of rebelling against God, saying, God, I don't need you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to obey you. And it separates us from God. But God loves us so much in spite of our sin that he sent Jesus to bear the punishment for our sin so that we could be forgiven of our sin. You see, before the gospel writer Matthew even gives us much time to contemplate the birth of this Savior and to celebrate that, he makes us think about the sacrifice of our Savior as a grown man when Jesus dies on the cross. 
And that's what God the Father wants you to see, that this baby that was born and placed in a manger, placed in a cradle, will one day go to a grave. He'll go to a bloody cross, and he will die for us. And if you don't realize that's what Christmas is ultimately about, Jesus showing God's love to you and to me by taking our punishment on the cross of Calvary, then you've seen the bits and pieces of Christmas, but you've missed Jesus. Jesus is our Savior who took our punishment so that we could receive God's forgiveness, have eternal life, and have heaven as our home. I have two siblings. I have a sister who's a little over a year older than I am. Her name is Sharon. And I have a younger brother who's four years younger than me. His name is Greg. I love my siblings. We had a good childhood. But I can tell you, my parents believed in rules. And they had... They had rules for the home, and if we broke the rules, there were consequences to the rules. And as much as I love my siblings, it's taken me years of therapy to get over the fact that any time I did wrong, they never offered to take my punishment, never. <laughs> they said, you did the crime, you do the time. And by the way, I felt the same way I think about them. You did wrong, you face mom and dad, and the consequences of mom and dad. But Jesus, having done no wrong volunteered to take our punishment so that God the Father could forgive us. That is what Christmas is about. That is why God the Father says, you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so this Christmas season, I hope that everywhere you go and everything you do and every song you hear and every Christmas festivity you enjoy will ultimately remind you of Jesus and that you will see Jesus. Maybe you need to pause Maybe you need to concentrate. Maybe you need to look a little harder, but you need to see Jesus this Christmas season. Maybe as a follower of Jesus, you need to see him anew and afresh so that your joy and your confidence in him can be renewed. But maybe tonight for the first time in your life, you need to receive him into your life. You need to see him as not just the Savior, but your Savior. Not just a gift from God, but the gift of God for you. You need to see Jesus as your personal Savior. And I'm going to lead you in a little prayer. And maybe tonight, for the first time in your life, you want to receive Jesus into your life. There's no magic prayer in the Bible. But the Bible does promise whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, that's Jesus, whoever calls upon him will be saved. And remember, that's why he came. He came to save his people from their sins. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the stillness of this moment, it is my prayer that every follower of Jesus will be renewed in their passion, in their love, in their dedication for the Lord Jesus Christ. May we be so grateful for what he did for us, not only in coming into the world on that first Christmas, but by going to a cross and into a grave and out of that grave alive three days later, that we will dedicate our lives to him. May every follower of Jesus say tonight, if he was willing to die for me, then I will be willing to live for him. And we'll show our love for him and how we treat other people and how we live our lives and in how we draw closer to God. And God, there could be somebody in this room tonight for the first time in their life, they want to receive this gift called the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. I pray that in this moment, right where they are, in the silence of their own heart, they will talk to you because prayer is just talking to you. And you promise to hear us when we call on the name of Jesus. 
So God, maybe there's a dad here tonight who needs Jesus. Maybe there's a mom or a grandparent or one of these children here tonight or one of these teenagers who needs Jesus in their life to forgive them of their sin. They have a lot that they're, they're not proud of, but tonight they can receive Jesus. If that's you, friend, why don't you talk to him silently by saying something like this to God in your heart? Dear God, that's right, talk to him. He'll hear you. Dear God, I admit to you I am a sinner. I've not lived up to my own standard of right and wrong, much less yours. But I thank you for loving me in spite of my sin. And I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the one who came to save me from the penalty of my sin. And I believe that he lived a perfect life and he went to a cross as a man and he died for me. He took my punishment and he rose from the dead. And while I don't understand everything about Jesus, I do know this, I need him to forgive me of my sin and to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus promised for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So today, Father, I believe in Jesus. I put my trust, my hope, my confidence in Jesus for the forgiveness of sin and for the gift of eternal life and for entrance into the family of God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me just like you promised. Help me to learn more about you and to live for you.